welcome to Silk Digital Marketing Mastery, your go-to podcast for elevating your digital marketing success as a female business owner. I'm your host, Sam, founder of Silk Digital, with over six years of experience working with clients from startups to established brands. Each week, my guests and I will provide insider knowledge and expert guidance on social media, email marketing, digital advertising, and more. On this show, you can expect to learn how to create irresistible marketing messages that connect with your dream customers, establish an unbreakable brand identity that they can't help but trust, and develop a holistic approach to your marketing that supports your business goals. I know that as a female entrepreneur, you face unique challenges when it comes to building your brand and growing your business. That's why I'm here to provide you with the tools, strategies, and insights you need to take control of your marketing and achieve your goals. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Get ready to learn, be inspired, and take your digital marketing game to the next level. Hello, and welcome to the Silk Digital Marketing Mastery Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Or if you're a regular, then welcome back. I am really excited for today's guest episode. And I know I say that all the time, but I truly mean it. The guests that I am getting on are really influential in my life or just I feel have so much value and knowledge to share with everybody and I want you to have that opportunity to also get in on that. So today's episode is no exception. I have the amazing Jess Williamson joining me. So Jess was actually my very first business coach and mentor way back in October of 2021. So I've known her for almost two years now, which is actually crazy to even think about. I was featured on Jess's podcast a little while ago too. So she has her own podcast and Jess has really been such a huge influence and has really helped me to get my business and even my mindset as to where it is today. To be honest, it's actually my mindset that has helped me to get my business to where it is today. And yeah, that was really thanks to Jess introducing me to that whole side of business and even just really helping me to jumpstart my personal growth journey. So I feel in this episode, you are going to get so much value from Jess. Even if you aren't in business, I still feel like you are going to find this episode so impactful because we do speak a lot of my, about mindset and just the importance of it in everyday life as well as business. So of those of you who don't know or aren't familiar with Jess, and for those of you who are not in Jess's world or may not know who Jess is, Jess is an award-winning mindset and business mentor, and she classes herself as a serial entrepreneur because she has scaled five successful businesses in all different business models, product, agency, travel, personal brand. As I said, she also hosts the show, The Jess Williamson Podcast, and we really just dive into how she's gotten to where she is today, what's happening in her world, and like I said, all about mindset because That is definitely Jess's area of expertise and it is something that I find so interesting and also believe that it is so important in the success of anybody, no matter what you're doing with your life. And if this episode is leaving you wanting more of Jess, then all her details of where you can find her will be in the show notes below. You can binge her podcast, stalk her Instagram content. She shares so much valuable stuff. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome, Jess. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. It has really been a full circle moment, you inviting me on your podcast and now 
me being able to have you as a guest on my podcast, which is really cool. Now, before we jump in, obviously, for those of people that don't know you, please share with us who you are and what you do. Yes. Okay. My story, I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible because (laughs) we could be here all day, but I am a business and mindset mentor and I am just so passionate about helping women like unlock illogical levels of success. And like, I truly, truly believe we need mindset and strategy to do that. But I guess my story, my background, I started my first business when I was 22 and that was a swimwear brand which grew very, very quickly. And in the first week of launching, I was invited to New York Fashion Week. So it's kind of been nonstop since then for the past eight years and grew and scaled that. Then I decided to start five other businesses in the meantime. So (laughs) I built and scaled an influencer travel agency, a brick and mortar events photo shoot venue. I was doing a bit of photography content on the side. And then also my personal brand, which includes like my podcast and my mentoring and courses and so many different things. But I sold and exited some of those businesses so that now I can focus on mentoring and just getting to share my message on platforms like these. I love that. I don't know how you managed to do all of those things at once. What like was the decision behind or how did you get to the point of being like, okay, I'm done with those other things. I want to just focus on mentoring. Yes. So it was like this weird moment and it was probably maybe 2018, 2019, somewhere around there, probably 2018. I was at this like conference sort of mastermind thing and there was like 50 of us in a room and they made us do a meditation standing up. I have no idea why we were standing up, but it was like an hour long meditation and I was not good at meditating. But in at one of those moments, like my brain was going and coming back and like not really paying attention. But in one of those moments, I just heard this like really loud message, like, Jess, you need to be the mentor for other women like you. And at the time I was probably like 25. There were no female mentors. Like this is how fast the coaching industry is growing, right? Mm. Now everybody and their dog is a mentor. But (laughs) at the time, the only people I could find were old men in suits. Mm. And I was like, this is just not relatable. Um, Like they're old one, they're men, and I'm a young female. It just, I couldn't find someone that I resonated with. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to just do it because I already had people stalking me down to ask me, how did you do this in your business? How did you work with that celebrity? Or how did you work with this person? Or And at that time, I didn't want my name anywhere. I didn't have any, never tagged myself on my brand accounts. Nobody knew I existed. Somehow they found me. (laughs) So people were sliding in my DMs like, hey, can I get on a call? And I was like, yeah, I guess maybe 150 bucks sounds good. Like, I don't know. And yeah, I definitely wasn't the best mentor because at that time I was like, brain fart, basically, here's everything I've done and know. And then they were like, holy shit, now I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start or what to do with that info. So (laughs) I've learned a lot along the way, but that's kind of where it started, where I was like, I wish there was someone out there like me that I could have hired at that time. So had you previously worked with any coaches or anything you had? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much. Because when I started my first business, I had a business degree, but like 
it's not that practical in the mm, real world. No. I worked in digital marketing, but I was working for a big corporate who had like half a million budget every month on ads. Yeah. It's very different when you're doing a, a fashion startup. So even from day one, I was like, who can I find who already knows how to do wholesale or who already knows how to do this part of my business that I'm not an expert on, or even if I was an expert, I can always learn more. So I actually used to fly to Sydney and Melbourne because look, the Perth, there's not many people in the fashion industry here. So I used to fly to Sydney and Melbourne and just hit up everyone I could on LinkedIn or just like random ways, or I got people to introduce me because again, mentoring wasn't a thing. So I was like, cool, that sounds logical to me. I'm going to find people and I'm going to just pay them for their time or ask them if they can hang out and see where we go with it. So that was really, really cool. And at one point I actually had the head of production from Folly helping me out with some stuff Wow! just because I reached out. So yeah, I'd always had like informal mentors or, you know, even if I paid them for their time, it wasn't a service that they offered. Mm-hmm. Like I even got to hang out with the founders of Style Runner just because I wow. reached out. Like, this is the way my brain works. Why not ask and just see? Because you'll be surprised how many people actually say yes. Yeah. I think that's like very resourceful of you, but also there is a lot of, I'm not sure if it's shame or embarrassment for people to ask maybe in this day and age as well. But yeah, I think it's such a good point because you expect, you know, the help, but you're not going to ask for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I just see too many people sitting in their ego is mm, what it is. It's yeah. it's not even shame. It's more like ego around what if I get rejected? What if they don't reply and they make it mean something about them? It's not about you. Like they're just yeah, busy. Yeah. They don't, they're not saying I hate you or, or the other part of the ego is like, I know everything. I don't need help. And if I get help, and I've actually like quite a few people have said this to me, if I get help, it means I'm not capable of creating success, you know? Yeah. And so there's so many narratives that people create, but I'm like, you know what? Like it's going to fast track me. And it did. Yeah. So why not? Even one girl who's become a really good friend and now actually one of my clients, she was the head of wholesale for Bardo and she agreed to meet with me in Melbourne. She was flying out that night for like a world tour to sell to all these international stores She met with me and then she ended up coming all the way to LA with me on a buyer trip and introduced me to like Revolve and like all these epic stores. And so you never know who you might meet. And, you know, these people, I was willing to pay whatever I needed to. Some of them just said, let's meet up for free. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's it. And I I love that you were mentioning about the ego too. I think that definitely summarizes it good. Um, and everybody has one, but it's just, I guess, yeah, working with that. And so now with your mentoring and coaching, like I suppose for people listening, what do you specialize in or who do you tend to work with more and why? Yeah. So I definitely work with females in business and this is where I don't agree with you have to niche because people are like, oh, choose. Do you want to do e-commerce because you built a fashion e-commerce brand and scaled that globally? Do you want to just work with service-based people building a personal brand? And I'm like, I want to work with women who are ambitious AF who want to do it all. Yeah. Like you want to be like that iconic leader who it's like, yeah, by the way, I have a global fashion brand. And by the way, I'm getting paid for just being me at the same time. So 
I don't specialize in a certain industry, but I specialize in you're not just here to build a hobby, right? I'm not teaching you how to get an ABN. I'm teaching you Mm -hmm. how to like expand your mindset. Like, holy shit, I didn't actually realize that was available to me in terms of levels of success and doing it without burning out because I burnt the hell out twice and don't ever want to get there again. (laughs) So do you find you have a lot of females come to you in business like that are at that point of burnout and are wanting to focus on building an an iconic brand or is it more so they kind of don't know exactly where they're at in business and then they're working with you and you kind of show them the possibilities in that area? Yeah. Here's my message to anyone who's in burnout right now because I have so many friends that I'm sitting on the sidelines and I'm like, if you just asked me for help, I would be there (laughs) because they are what people in burnout believe is in order to hit my incredible next level goals, this is a necessity. And that's the mindset that I was in for so long was if I slow down, other people are going to overtake me. Other Mm. people are going to beat me to this goal. Other people are going to take my success. Or, you know, if I slow down, then I can't achieve all these things. And as ambitious women, I really want people to realize you can do both. It's not a myth, but you just need to get strategic. One part is like the mindset because you need to let go of that belief. Otherwise, you're going to keep ending up in burnout. And secondly, it's like getting strategic around how do we optimize the time to achieve these things? Because I can tell you, Beyonce is probably not burnt out, but she's doing like insane things. And, you know, so that's where I find people who are in burnout don't usually come to me because they think if I go to Jess and have more ease and flow, then it means I have to sacrifice my big goals. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so true. Or they're thinking it's going to add more to my plate possibly. Mm-hmm. Let's go yeah, back exactly. to the mindset side of things because obviously we worked together for a while and that I think in my experience working one-on-one with you, you really opened the door to to me understanding and realizing how important mindset is in business. Because I think mm-hmm. when I first started like with you, I was just really not sure. It was early days in business. Uh-huh. And yeah, we we definitely worked a lot on mindset in my business. And that is definitely how I helped to get you know, to where I am now. So thank you. (laughs) But yeah, just like talk to me about the importance of it because I feel um, everybody has a different perspective on it and where it fits into business, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Okay. Where do I start? (laughs) This is like opening a can of words. It is. (laughs) But mindset, think about it. Like we operate from our subconscious mind 90% of the time. Therefore, the way our brain works is creating the results that we see in our business. And while I believe that certain people can create like a level of success having never done mindset, I think that's only possible because they naturally have a good mindset to start with, Mm. but then they're going to hit a cap. And mindset plays a part in so many ways, right? We It can play a part in the beliefs we hold around why you have to hustle and why you've got to burn out. It can play a part in, I know for you, one of your biggest things was like, I'm scared to leave my full-time job. Well, like yeah. what might happen? And even when your income massively increased, you're like, Jess, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> or, you know, there was like that piece. Yeah. So I think people don't even realize how it's playing out and almost sabotaging that next level. Even for me, I have a pretty damn good mindset. Like I created some wild success 
in all of my businesses. But then when it came to my personal brand, there was a cap. It was like, I'm making a shit ton of money, not even a problem, but I was like, but I'm ready for the next level. Mm. I want to challenge myself again. But I kept hitting the same exact revenue every single month. And that's not because I'm on a retainer model and I got no extra clients. Sales were coming in, but it was like this exact same number. And there was a huge fear for me around if I create more success, then I have more responsibility to hold. Then I have to keep it up because what if I go back down and then people see me as a fraud or, you know, there's all these thoughts that can play out. And in business is the biggest test of your emotional resilience. Like you're going to have unhappy customers. No matter Mm. how amazing you are, people are going to be pissed off. You know, you could create the best thing in the world. Someone's going to have a problem with it. You're going to have haters online the more visible you become. You're going to have your own fears around family or friends or just holding that next level around, okay, I'm comfortable holding a million dollars, but what about a billion? What do I even do with that? And then you sabotage. So money mindset plays a part. It plays a part in every single day. Like imagine even just maybe for people listening, think about how you navigate every day. How much of your day or how much of your energy in that day is allocated to overthinking or just worrying about things or sitting in comparison or not even a negative thing, but it's like there's just that cap or there's this resistance to, you know, there's things you need to be doing, but you're just not doing them. Like reaching out to the people that you're afraid to, it plays a part in absolutely everything. And even for where I'm at, like I teach mindset, but I'm always evolving and always learning more about, oh, okay, that's why I'm doing things like that. Or that's why that maybe triggered me today a little bit, but then it's knowing how to move out of it quickly as well. Yeah, that's so true. And do you find with like females and like people that do want to come to you and work with you, do they have, are there a lot of similarities in terms of like their mindset and their beliefs? Like, do you see, yeah, a common theme or is it generally just all different? Everyone's super personalized. And this is where, you know, people love listening to motivational podcasts or mindset podcasts or like things like that. But I find like even the people who are like religiously listening to these kind of podcasts, when I jump into a one-on-one session with them, they're like, holy shit, this is like a life mind-blowing moment Mm -hmm. where they're like, my life makes sense or, okay, now I have so much visibility around that. So it is super personal because it's based on people's unique experiences throughout life and rules and things that you've created. So while two people could be stuck in comparison, the reasons beneath why you're stuck in comparison are so different. And that's where I see a lot of narratives feel very surface level. And I think, you know, when we dive into sessions that's where we can actually like unlock it for them. But some common themes that I do see and that I talk about a lot is that fear of success, Mm. especially in like ambitious girls, you know, usually the golden child, you did pretty good at school, I followed the rules. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's like this fear of success because you used to kind of creating a level of success, but what you've learned throughout life or journey is like it upsets your brother or, you know, it makes them feel less than or maybe a friend was a bit bitter because you beat them on a test. And so fear of success can be so deeply ingrained whether 
it's just an energy you feel from other people or in Australia we're taught not to brag or not to be too big for our boots and all of that. So I think especially for ambitious women, especially more like younger women as well, it's a big one because like if we deep down subconsciously, and this was something that was so subconscious to me until about two years ago. I didn't even realize that this had played out my whole life, but it's playing out subconsciously where we tone down our success or we don't celebrate it too loudly to not piss someone off or we don't do that post. Mm. Because how often online do we see posts where it's like, I'm having a shitty week and the comments are popping off like, oh my gosh, poor you, love you, you know, sending so much love. I put up a post of celebrating like nowadays people are coming around to it, right? But yeah. people hate it. Yeah. People hate it because it's like a reflection to them and then they feel shitty. It's there's so much. It's like <laughs> a trigger, crazy. isn't it, for them? Yeah, it's a trigger. And then you, because you're celebrating that success, you feel the projections back from them. And so I am on a mission to like educate people about fear of success but also like owning it because if we subconsciously tone it down or hide it or don't feel safe in celebrating, what it's doing is telling our subconscious mind, it is not safe for me to have success. Mm. And imagine if that's like the autopilot narrative playing out for you every single day. How is that showing up in like how you show up in your business, in how you sell, in how you market, in how you close clients, or even how you deal with clients? It's going to be sabotaging your success at a subconscious level and they're not even realizing how that's playing out as well. Yeah, you're right. And I think often it's like there's the fear of failure that everyone seems to think is what the case is, but really you flip that coin and it's like, no, it's actually yeah being seen and being successful. Mm-hmm. And with your journey and I suppose, as you said, you like the past two years, you sort of have had that realization. How are you like now, are you leaning into, I guess, like you said, sharing and celebrating your wins? Like, is that something that you're doing more regularly to kind of, I guess, work on your own fear of success? Yeah. So if you go to my Instagram right now, I've got like a post that I posted a couple of days ago and I was like, I'm here in my obnoxiously successful era. Like that is what (laughs) I'm claiming. Cause I think even When we've got such a fear of being seen as successful, we kind of almost need to rewrite it in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And while I'm not here to offend anyone, I'm also not afraid if it does offend someone at the same time because I'm just here sitting in my light. And so I'm really channeling my obnoxiously successful era and I'm just like sharing that as loudly as I can. And that was the biggest shift for me was firstly doing that online. But then what I started to realize is, ooh, still in the moment when I'm hanging out with family and they're like, how's your business? I'm like, yep, it's good. Thanks. And then that's where I left it because it was such second nature. And while online we can, you know, draft up a post and be really intentional about it, Mm -hmm. in those moments in person, I was like, it automatically went back to, yeah, it's gone. Great. Thanks. And that was where I left it. So now I'm really going in with the intention and Sometimes it takes intention to rewire so that then it can become like automatic later down the track. So if I'm going to catch up with my family or something, sometimes I might even think, okay, cool. What's actually been happening in my world that's pretty fun that I might want to share? Yeah. Because I think we also take it for granted. Yeah. It's like, that's a normal part of everyday life. I just got, you know, this cool thing happened, just 
amazing, change someone's life, no worries, you know, like (laughs) it's just part of every day. So one, bring it to attention yourself is probably pretty powerful, but then, you know, being intentional about sharing that, but also knowing that you don't have to share it with everyone yeah, because not everyone's going to respect it. Not everyone's going to celebrate you. Not everyone's, it's not going to be a safe space to share like, Hey, I just made a million dollars, you know? So knowing those boundaries as well is really, really good. And how do you, I guess, how do you know like those boundaries with people? Like how do you know when to share that, you know, win with this person versus that person? Yeah. So, I mean, for me now, I don't surround myself with people that I wouldn't share it with. So that's one part. And I've just had to get really clear on the standards I'm holding for the people in my world, for who I surround myself with. And so sometimes that's challenging because it means letting go Mm. of family or friends or people. So that was one big thing was like, I'm here to hold my standards high. And unfortunately, if people don't meet me there, then they can't come with me on the journey because it's doing me more harm than good and resentment builds and all of this. So you'll kind of know, like if whenever you share, hey, mum, I made a million dollars and your mum's like, great, give me half of it, (laughs) then probably not. But what I would do is set that boundary with them because you get to bring these people with you on the journey. Yeah. If it's just an acquaintance, then you probably don't need them. But if it's like someone really close to you that you value, then bring them with you and say, these are the standards I'm holding for the relationships, for the conversations I'm having, no longer available for just bitchy chit chat, Mm -hmm. you know, and- you know, can you respect that? And some people will and some people won't. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I think it's um definitely something I'm dealing with myself at the moment too. And maybe it's something it continues with as you kind of reach that next level. Yeah. But um yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? When you know yeah. you're not I think they say like you're you know, you are the five people you surround yourself with or something like that. So it is huge yeah. and, and significant. Definitely. My auntie and my nana haven't spoken to me since Christmas and it's now September. So there's been some grief around certain things and they haven't spoken to me since then. And, you know, for whatever delusional reason they've created, Mm. there was no resolving it from my end. So, you know, sometimes it's very, very difficult and you can do everything you can. But as you grow and evolve, sometimes people just aren't growing and evolving with you and it's it's sometimes you just have to grieve yeah that and you can do as much as you can but if they're not willing to meet you halfway then it's it's tough yeah definitely it's a tricky one but I think mm-hmm. a lot of people that are on that um you know self-development self-healing journey they're going to come against those things sure mm-hmm. and so just like circling back to your own personal growth and things, do you, like, how have you evolved? Is it you're now like working with mentors or do you have certain things like practices that you do day in, day out? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. To be honest, I've always had a mentor, I think, pretty much from the start, sometimes more formal mentors, sometimes more informal. Sometimes it's more of like a generalist who's like helping me evolve as a human. Sometimes it's cool. Like right now I'm, no, I don't really have a mentor right now, but I've hired someone who is like implementing stuff for me because they have that strategic mind as well. So it's kind of a mentor, but not really. It's just having (laughs) someone who knows what they're doing, um, helping me. So that's kind of the era I'm in right now. But yeah, I always think 
having a mentor is so powerful. And the reason why I've always had one is not because I've got a problem that I'm trying to solve. I'm not like, oh, I've got a really shitty mindset. I need to hire a mentor or, oh my gosh, can't make any sales, need to get some sales. So let me hire someone who can help me get sales. But it's just like, I, my biggest value is growth. I always want to be growing. If I'm not growing and the times when I've kind of found myself in my comfort zone, just like almost coasting. Mm. And I I don't think any of my friends would ever say, Jess, you've never coasted in your life. Mm. But to me, it feels like coasting because I'm like comfortable, not really challenging myself. That feels most uncomfortable to me to be sitting in that comfort zone of, of like doing pretty good, like everything's fine, but I want a new challenge. Like I want something more. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people wait until there's a problem yeah. to to find help for things, you know, whether it's like hiring you as their digital marketing expert, you don't necessarily want people coming to you because they cannot make sales. Mm. You want people coming to you because they're like, hey, we're making some sales and we want to do more. We want to impact more people. We want to have even better results, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of the way my mind works anyway is things can always be better. And it's not about being dissatisfied with where I'm at, but it's just almost part of who I am. Like, yeah. I'm ready to evolve and challenge myself even more. Yeah. I totally can relate to that. I think I'm slowly getting to the stage where being challenged or being out of my comfort zone is like exciting. And mm-hmm. I almost feel, yeah, there's those moments where you're like, oh, it's scary, but being stuck in that same thing day in, day out, it gets boring. And I even say to some of my friends who are like, you know, I'm also at the stage of, oh, do I apply for this job? Or not? I'm like, just do it. Like, what have you got to lose? It's exciting. New things like happening and the growth that you can have is just like, I don't know, it's almost addictive in a way. Yeah. I can, I can definitely say I'm kind of addicted to that feeling, but that's also like a huge positive because people get addicted to their comfort zone. Yeah. But when you start to switch that mindset, because most of the time I'm pretty comfortable, but if I feel an edge, I'm like, oh, why is there a trigger or why does that feel uncomfortable? Or why am I not doing that thing? I'm like, okay, cool. This is exciting because I get to learn more about myself yeah. and grow. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a it's a good a good addiction. I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's just chat about your social media now too. And I suppose you know, obviously, being a digital marketer, I'm always keen to hear how social media has you know impacted your business and mm. like made a difference in the success overall. Yeah. So for all of my businesses, they were built on Instagram, and I know Instagram's like you know maybe reaching it in or like slowing down. I don't know, but (laughs) I'm sure it'll be here for years and years to come. It will probably just pivot and evolve. But when I started my first ever business, before I started that, I don't think I've ever shared this anywhere, but I used to just start Instagram accounts for fun and people like that is the worst idea of fun ever. But I just (laughs) used to, and maybe you can relate to that. I used to just start Instagram accounts for fun because I was like, let me figure this out. Let me like play with this. Let me see what works, what doesn't. And so like I would build accounts like five or 10K followers and then like start a new one. And I wish I had those accounts now. (laughs) I don't know where they are. (laughs) That would be handy. And so then I was like, cool, I have a real desire to start a business. I see this opportunity with Instagram and I have a passion for the fashion industry. At the time I was like, do I do clothing? Do I do homewares? Do I do swimwear? And I just kind of was like, cool, I'll do swimwear. Have no clue how to manufacture a product or like any of that, but I'll figure it out. And I think where business owners go wrong is like, I'm an expert in fashion. 
they have no idea how to do marketing and mm. then they think if they just make a good product, people will find it. Mm. I think any business you run, 90% is marketing. Uh-huh. When I ran my swimwear brand, people were like, how do you do that without knowing how to design? I was like, I just design what I like and I've got people to make the actual patterns so it's great quality. Yeah. But 2% of my time was on designing and manufacturing. 90% was on marketing. And then with my events venue, like I systemized and automated that. Again, 90% was like on marketing. And then with my personal brand now, I'm, you know, coaching and things, but where I see people go wrong in like service-based industries is they fill up, they say, okay, Monday to Friday, I can fit in this many clients. And then 100% of their time is filled with clients. And then they're stuck in this rat race of burnout and not growing their business, not working on their business. And it's, they get stuck. Mm-hmm. I, this week, I had one one-on-one call, nothing else, no mastermind calls, no nothing. That's one hour on clients. And then obviously like checking in with my clients on um, voice memos and things, max half an hour to an hour each day on the top end. The rest is working on my business, which 90% of that is going to be marketing, messaging, you know, creation, all of that. So yeah, social media has been the number one key to really all of my businesses. And obviously I have like email marketing and I have, you know, omni-channel kind of marketing going on, but the number one channel has always been Instagram. Mm-hmm. Not sure about the future. I've tried TikTok, but <laughs> look, it's a whole nother, <laughs> it's a whole nother world. It is. And I'm not as young as I used to be. So <laughs> it's um, a learning curve. Isn't it funny with new platforms like that where we're like, oh shit, we used to be like, you know, the young up with it ones. And now it's like, okay, it's really showing that we're not so much young and hip anymore. I know. Cause like Instagram was like, let me just do this and build five to 10 K followers. And like, it was so, I understood it yeah. so intuitively. And now I'm like, mm, now I've got to understand how, <laughs> how to do this video style content. Yeah. It's tricky, but it's fun. I like a challenge as we said. Yeah, for sure. And I know at the moment, and like, you've always sort of, you know, been so big on this and next, but in like personal branding and, you know, growing that iconic brand for you, like, how does that look? And what do you feel like the impact is on a personal brand for businesses? Yeah. So I think like when I started my first business, it was faceless. Like no one had a face at all. It was just like, let me make a cool brand, get some cute models. That's it. Like no one cared. And then it kind of evolved where people like, okay, I've got to show my face now. (laughs) And then, and then I feel like in the last two years, people like, personal brand. Okay. But I think we need to go beyond that because everyone's a personal brand now. It's no longer a competitive edge. And what I see is that's been the trend. So it's only going to continue. So I kind of came up with the concept of iconic leadership. Like personal brand is more like, okay, you're a fitness influencer. You post about fitness and healthy eating and people connect with you on that. But it like caps you into a niche Mm. and it's like, cool, you've got a personal brand. Or even for me, like personal branding elements would be, hey, I like the beach. Hey, I like drinking a matcha and I like the color pink or I like, you know, homewares or whatever it is. But there's no like, that's not depth. That's not something that people can get behind. Like that's not going to build a community unless I'm selling matcha. Like (laughs) it's not going to be that impactful. And so I think from an audience point of view and for myself, stepping into iconic leadership is more like what legacy am I here to leave on the world? Like after I'm gone, 
what are people going to say about me? What is that message or that change I want to see in the world? And then how can I bring that to everything that I do? Because then people know me for me. This is my purpose. This is my legacy. And that's something people can get behind. So for me, it's like, I want to help people create fantasy land levels of success. And I didn't just come up with that because it sounded cute. I came up with that because I did so much self-discovery, understanding exactly like who I am, what makes me me throughout my journey, throughout my story. And that was really prevalent that I've always played in fantasy land. Like I don't wait for permission for things like that's (laughs) just natural. And I have the skill set to combine with that around business and mindset that makes that my legacy. So I think a lot of people just slap together something that sounds good Mm. or they think a community will get behind and then they change their mind next week because it's not really grounded in who they are, what they are. But the impact I see for the future is social media is going to continue to change. There's going to be, it's going to be harder and harder to cut through. There's going to be new platforms. There's going to be like so much more happening. But if you build a community that are deeply connected behind this legacy or this deeper deeper level of connection. And I think Gen Z is really evident that they don't want surface level. They mm. want deep connections with brands, with people. It's the only way to future-proof your business. Whether or not people are seeing your posts or your emails, if you have a community built around this and you have the visibility strategies to build that community and get awareness around it, then People are going to buy whatever the hell it is you're selling. It doesn't matter if it's like from bubblegum to like high-end coaching. If people are combined or getting behind that message and they connect with you as a person, as that leader, then you can sell whatever it is that you want and you're not capped into Hey, I'm a fitness influencer selling an ebook, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like what is so funny about what you just said is I literally just before this call recorded a podcast on the whole thing because I was talking about Anna Paul and her, how she sold out her skincare. And like you said, they can be selling literally anything, but it's because her audience is like, just so like, it's like a cult following. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously for people that know her, she's an OnlyFans like creator, but she's selling skincare. So it's, yeah, it's exactly what you were saying with the whole, they will buy anything. Do you feel like just, I guess, on a broader scale too, like what are some things that you do suggest or recommend for people to like go that deeper level and have that, like create that community? Yeah. So there's quite a few things. One, I did a whole six part podcast series on it. Mm -hmm. So like it goes quite deep and then I'm running a whole mastermind on it. So there's a lot behind it because the biggest mistake I think I see people make is they think, okay, I need to create a legacy. I need to become that iconic leader. How can I format my marketing and messaging to make me look like that leader? Mm. Or how can I say the right things so that people get behind me? And I think that's not going to last the test of time because that's kind of trying to craft a brand versus just being an extension of who you are and then that can grow and evolve with you. Mm. I think that's the biggest tip I want to give is don't go away and be like, okay, let me craft the best legacy message that people want to hear. Because the thing is, people will get behind it once you're clear on it and once it's really embodied in who you are. Because you can say all the right things, 
people feel your energy though. If yeah. it's not quite right or it's like mm, you're trying to be someone that you're not, then that's where it falls down. And for so long in my journey, I was like, okay, people say you need to be unique. And all the people that were saying you need to be unique were super loud. They were like screaming. They were like, you know, wearing flamboyant colors. And I was like, hmm, maybe I need to start swearing or like maybe I need to be when I go on the stages, maybe I need to like do a, how's everybody going? Like, that's just not me. And for so long, I held that belief that, okay, they're saying be louder, be more yourself. And they're saying, oh my gosh, I always thought I couldn't swear. And now I'm myself and I'm swearing and I'm like so wild. And I'm like, okay, so that's what being yourself looks like, but it's not, it's not at all. And like, you know me, I'm, I don't really come out and swear. Maybe I'll let one sleep every now and then, but it's not part of, it's not who I am. Yeah. You know? so I think the first place, if you really want to create a long lasting brand business and legacy, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. It actually doesn't start with the marketing and messaging. It starts with you knowing yourself on the deepest level, owning every single part of you. Cause I used to think being quieter was a negative thing. Yeah, can relate. And so I was trying <laughs> to remedy that. And so, yeah, it really comes with that. And people like Anna Paul, great example, she is being her and she's probably more in maybe, I don't know her or follow her too much, but I'm assuming she's maybe in more of that louder or let me be a bit raunchy or, you know, like yeah, all of that yeah. kind of thing. And then people might see that and think, oh, I need to be really polarizing or I need to be like really I need to get on OnlyFans and like you know do these things you don't have to and that's where I see people get stuck because then they get into comparison then they get into trying to be someone they're not and people feel it a hundred percent it's the same um with are you familiar with like Brittany Saunders and her label fake the label Mm -hmm. I see so many people on TikTok and reels and stuff copying the content that they're creating and straight away, everybody can see that, like, even if, you know, it's just if other brands are copying. And I think it's the same thing. It is people are afraid to be themselves and be them. Mm. Um, and the thing is, like, when I talk about iconic leadership, it's about standing out and being unique. And the only way to do that is to create your own damn lane, not copying mm someone else has created because that's going to be short-term success. Yeah. And I think so many people just look at what can I do to get instant results today, but then you're always going to be doing that forever. Yeah. Okay, that worked today, but what about tomorrow? What can I do to get instant results tomorrow? And then it's like never ending. That feels like draining AF and it's not really going to cut through. You're not going to be seen as that leader because Brittany Saunders is seen as a leader mm-hmm. and you're all these people copying are seen as followers. hundred percent. And it's the same with what I go on about with following trends on like, yeah, TikTok mm-hmm. or reels or using trending sounds and this and that. It's only going to get you like said, that instant gratification or maybe a few views or whatever it might be. But yeah, what's the long-term goal for that? Like mm-hmm. it is, I guess, unfortunate in a sense that we do live in a world of like that instant gratification. But yeah, I definitely feel like those people that are willing to stick it out, put it in the hard work, and like you said, stay in their own lane are going to have the biggest impact and success. Yeah. The biggest thing I always remind my clients of is, are you making this decision from a short-term or a long-term 
point of view because mm. quite often they're like, oh, you know what? I don't want to be doing this long term. I just thought it would be the big quickest way to get me some quick sales. And I'm like, yeah, you've got to be willing to forgo the short term to actually reap the rewards much bigger in the long term. And that's something I did recently with my six-part podcast series. I was going to make that a paid masterclass. Yeah, right. And I said, you know what? My vision, my impact, my mission is to help more women step into their iconic leadership, have that impact. And obviously, people might get on board and then want to work with me, but I was more looking at it from the point of view of let me give first. Yeah. Because I could have made a couple of thousand bucks. Great. Had a few people on the masterclass. But I was like, I'm putting this out there and now I've got 500 people listening to each episode instead of 50 on a paid masterclass. And I was willing to forgo that instant gratification of having a few dollars flow in for the greater impact and the long-term building of my brand and podcast and everything like that as well. That's so cool. And I think I I feel like um, you shared a post recently on that about things that you were doing like for that more long-term, like what other, I guess, things in your business are you kind of focused on for that long-term growth rather than the short-term quick wins? So many, <laughs> too, too many things to be honest, but you know, like I'm, I'm writing a book, which is like a big investment wow. in money because I hired an editor to help me because I am not a professional journalist and writing a book, there's like, I don't even know how many pages there's 45,000 words. Wow. So that's not my forte to edit that. <laughs> so, you know, I've invested in that. I've been figuring out how the hell do you get a book published? How do you write a book? I have literally been writing it since January. It's now finished writing, but then there's proposals. Then you've got to, even just yesterday, I spent five hours rewriting my bio because it has to be in a specific format. So I spent hours and hours researching, looking how do authors write bios? I don't know. So, you know, and I had help and I had a friend who's an author helping me. So there's a lot of investment that I'm putting into doing my book. I'm working on a lot of visibility channels around press, speaking events, all of these things that have no ROI Mm -hmm. in the short term. Mm -hmm. But for the long term, that's where my vision for my brand is going. Like I'm entering my public figure era. And even though like people know me, I have a community, things like that. I'm like, I'm taking it to a whole new level. Like the vision that I have is big. So I've been doing all these things behind the scenes that haven't yet come to fruition that people haven't seen yet. But that's the level of dedication that it has no ROI on me doing interviews or me um, doing speaking events or things like that. While you might get paid a little bit, it's not a crazy amount, but I'm willing to do that because of the longer term vision. Yeah. Oh, I got goosebumps when you were saying I'm entering like my public speaking era or oh, public yes. figure era. I'm so excited <laughs> for you and I can't wait for the book to come out. But do you feel because you've been in business for, you know, quite some time now that you've been able to kind of distinguish between what's a short term and what's a long term? Or like or how would you, I guess, I guess give advice to somebody to be able to do that for themselves? Yeah, that's a good question. I think if you just ask yourself that question, you'll know. Yeah. And if you're like, oh, am I bullshitting myself right now? Because like, am I trying to gaslight myself? But you'll know usually because you're like, I'm operating from a scarcity mindset or I'm mm. operating from like, let me get a quick win sale. Mm-hmm. Also, the other part to that is 
if you don't know what your big vision is or you're not super clear on your goals, then you're not going to know is it short or long-term because you're only operating short-term and you don't have any big vision that you're actually working towards. So if you have a big vision and you get super, super clear on that, remove all barriers, remove all logic, like anything is possible if you decide it is, remove what your mum wants you to do, like (laughs) remove all of these things and decide and gain deep, deep clarity on that then it will be really clear because then it's like, okay, my big vision is my public figure era, my iconic leadership. Well, it makes sense that I'm going to be putting in time and energy into the visibility, into my book, into all of these projects behind the scenes because that's my vision and I have the deep belief that that vision is inevitable. Yeah, I like that you're saying just literally get rid of what everybody else is wanting you to do or the logic behind it. And just, Mm -hmm. because I think we definitely can cap ourselves on, I want this, you know, I want to make this much money or I want this dream thing. And, but it's Mm -hmm. like more practical. It's not actually an illogical, like crazy dream. Like you were saying, playing in fantasy land. So Mm -hmm. I do love that. So I guess in terms of how people can work with you, what are like at the moment, I know we've spoken about your coaching, but what other things are going on in your world where people can yeah, work with you or access you? Yeah. So I have my iconic leadership mastermind, which is literally, if you're ready to enter your public figure era as well, then, you know, that is the space to be in. Cause I can't even explain what I've got planned for that. Like people are going to see it and be like, damn it. I wish I joined. <laughs> so <laughs> I know after our that conversation today, I'm like, oh, I think I need to join. <laughs> yeah. If that kind of messaging resonates, then you're going to want to be in there. Cause like I'm giving people everything, contacts, everything. Like I have whatever I have, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that, that's starting officially November, but there's an early bird people can join um, and get a bonus month for October. And I'm actually combining the group mentorship with private mentoring and a two-day immersion. There's going to be some crazy challenges getting oh, wow. people out of their comfort zone and a filming day to get your message. So really, really cool. Um, and then obviously I do my one-on-one mentoring, which is awesome because we can just dive into whatever people need. But I have so many courses, so many um, masterclasses, even if people just want to dip their toe in. Or the best place even is my podcast Jess Williamson, the podcast. I have tons on there. You do. And that is exactly how I come across you and um, binged everything. And I was like, I need to work with her. And that's really how it all started. (laughs) I think you actually resonated with the episode that I did about being an introvert. Yeah. I think that's like how you came across me. So yeah. Yeah. How full circle is that? Now I'm here on yours. I know. It's, It's crazy, isn't it? And again, like credit to your help and support with getting me to hear. And even with the podcast, you were like, why don't you start a podcast? And I'm like, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. So thank oh, you. So good. Well, thanks so, so much so for joining me today. And I'll leave all your details, links, all of that in the show notes so people can come and say hi. Yay. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget, you can learn more about my free resources that will help you scale your business by going to my website, www.silk-digital.com.au and you can always find the links and resources mentioned in today's episode over there too i would love for you to come say hi over on instagram at silk underscore thanks so much and i'll see you in the next episode